Amen. Thank you for that song. And um, just wanted to let you know, I'm from a family of nine children. So there were five boys and four girls in the family. And um, we grew up at Maranatha. And I just got to tell you this story about John. We're actually very close. We, we schedule our uh, uh, deputate, uh, furloughs together so that we can work together. And um, he's also my fishing buddy. When we go up to Traverse City, my mom and dad live up there. We like to go fishing up there, have a great time. But at Maranatha, they had a lot of apple trees around. If you've ever been there, we, we lived right off campus. And there was this big apple tree. And uh, John was up there in the tree picking apples. And it was pretty tall. And someone had the bright idea of throwing apples at John. So there were some apples on the ground. We picked them up, and we all launched some apples up there. And one of those apples found its mark and knocked John out of the top of that apple tree, and he fell all the way down. It's not really funny, but he got a lot of scars as a result of that um, injury. And so we never really knew who threw the apple that hit him. Some blame Paul, some blame me. Um, But um, that's the reason he has a lot of those scars. Now, we found out recently that I believe Paul is the one who threw the apple that hit him. So, <laughs> but nobody knows for sure. I want to start by, let's turn over to Matthew chapter 28, and um, I want to read a verse we all know, um, and it's a verse that a lot of people use for missions. Matthew 28, and look at verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I once heard a man say that this is the forgotten truth in the churches of America. Um, God wants us to go out and teach. And for me, I grew up um, not thinking that I would be a missionary. When I graduated from college, um, started a business, roofing business, and started working doing that. But when I was 30 years old, God burned this truth into my heart and showed me that he wanted me to go out and share the gospel. God's power was evident in my life because at the age of 22, when I came to know Christ, he changed me completely. And he gave me a burden to reach the lost. Now, it didn't happen all at once, but little by little, God was working in my life. And by the time I was 30, I was ready to completely surrender to God. And he put his finger on this little place in the world and said, go and share the gospel. Now, since we've been in Yap, since 2014, we've seen the works of God over and over again in our lives and in the lives of others. And I want to just touch on four areas that we've seen God work. And the first one is we've seen God's power. We've seen God's power firsthand. Not only in the storms that come, the incredible power of the, the hand of God, but we've seen God's power in reaching the lost. I want to share a story about a guy that was in that video, James. And when he was a teenager, he was hanging out with some rowdy friends, getting into a lot of trouble. 
and disobeying his parents. And one night his dad said, James, I don't want you to go fishing with the guys tonight. I want you to stay home and study for school. Well, James went out anyway. He didn't have fins. He didn't have a mask. He didn't even have a flashlight. But they were going to swim in the ocean and go spearfishing. So James swam with the guys, and he was just behind them, swimming along, watching them spear. And they started catching some fish, so they gave him the stringer. James took the stringer of fish and tied it around his waist. It had a lot of bloody fish on it. And as they're swimming, they're actually outside the reef swimming. And a shark came up behind James and bit him right on the calf. And when it bit, it didn't let go. James started shouting for help. And um, his brother was swimming with him and turned around, came back, and speared the shark, got him off of James, and then James passed out. Roland carried James all the way to shore and to the clinic, and the next day James was medevac to Yap. And in Yap, um, James, it took him about four weeks to recover from that injury, and finally he recovered, and he, um, he went back to his island in Ulithi. And while he was there, he's still getting into trouble. Finally, one day, he climbed up a coconut tree, drunk, and was shaking out the coconuts, laughing, and he fell out of the coconut tree. And on his way down, he, he flipped upside down and landed on his shoulder, broke his collarbone and a couple of ribs. One of them almost punctured his lung. Once again, he was medevac to Yap. And while in Yap, this time he came over to the Yap Baptist Church and he met the Lord. Roland was there working as my assistant and led James to the Lord. So James says that Roland saved him twice, once from the shark and once from the fires of hell, because Roland led him to the Lord. God's power to change lives. Now James is sharing the gospel on Ulithi as a pastor. I've seen the power of God in the lives of my friends in Yap, especially in the prison ministry. I've got a friend that was in the video as well. His name is Andy. Um, his life was in a, in a mess. And he came, called me up, and said, Hey, Pastor Mark, I'm, I'm, they're telling me I'm going to go to jail. Can we have a Bible study in jail? So I started a jail ministry there, going down to the prison and sharing the gospel with those guys down there. And while, while Andy was down in the, in the prison, he received the Lord. He accepted Christ. It changed his life. And before he was released from prison, he said, I'm really scared. I'm going to go back to my old ways. I'm going to go back and hang out with my friends, and I'm going to end up getting myself in trouble. And I said, then you need to get yourself involved in a good church. And I think I know there's one up there on the hill where you could go. And Andy started coming to church. And as a result of God working in his life, his wife, he got back together with his wife. And his wife said, one night she came over to our house with tears in her eyes, and she said, I need what Andy has. And so Diane was able to lead her to the Lord. And now that family is, is in our church. And actually, Andy um, came with us when we did the typhoon um, relief to uh, Ulithi and Fice. He traveled with us. And then uh, when he got back to Yap, the police department contacted him, and they said, Andy, you've changed so much. We want you to become a police officer. So after spending five years in prison now, Andy became a police officer. And not only that, two years later, he became a detective for the police force, which he, he's a detective now. He understands where people are in their lives, and it, he, it makes him a very good detective. Andy has been saved, and the power of God is evident in his life. His power can change lives. 
God says, I am, uh, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There's always hope for you or for me or for others around us because the power of the gospel can change lives, and it is changing lives. That's the beauty of preaching God's word. It, his word will never return, as he says, void. It will always accomplish the purpose that he wants it to. So what do missionaries do? Well, we're just like you. We go out to the field. We live. We try to make friends, and we try to tell them about Jesus. So we use our talents and the gifts that God has given us to meet people. Um, everyone has different talents. Maybe you're good with computers. We have a son that's, that likes to work with computers. Use that gift to reach those that you're dealing with. Use that gift. We have, um, I, I like to go fishing. I do that a lot on the islands. I take guys out on the boat and, and share the gospel with them. People who would never come to church. But, but if you say, hey, you want to go fishing? Of course they do. People love fishing on those islands. And I'm sure this ministry that we have is exactly how John does it in Palau. God's given us gifts to share with people and to use for his kingdom work. So God's power is evident. And the second thing that we've seen in the works of God is his provision. We've seen incredible ways that God provides. One, one just a, a doesn't see, it seems kind of trivial, but we were going to have a, a feast for church and we needed some meat. And so me and my assistant, uh, Patwin, went out fishing. And we were driving along and I said, hey, Pat, maybe we should pray and ask God if he'll give us something big so we can feed the church. And so we prayed, and just a few minutes later, the pole started screaming out. And we were all shouting and screaming and start reeling it up. And I said, that's a big tuna. It's a huge tuna, probably a 100-pound yellowfin tuna. We're going to have plenty of meat. So we're reeling it up, and he's reeling. We're taking turns, and we bring it up beside the boat. And I look down, and the tuna had a bill. And I said, that's not a tuna. That's a marlin. So I reach down, grab the bill, and Patwin clubs it on the head. We bring it in the boat, and we got it home. And we filleted it up, and we had meat for our church service on Sunday. God had provided what we needed. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to, the, to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Spurgeon said this, A promise to one saint is a promise to all saints. And God's word says that he will meet our needs if we ask him. So let's ask him. We'll see him, we'll see him work. This term, we saw God provide for our church, as well as the church in Fice, in miraculous ways. He provided the block and the cement that we needed, the rebar and the the tile for the floor and the the roof and all of those things God provided for this church in Fice. And it was so cool to see Him do that and see those people looking back and saying, wow, God is good. He's, he's, He's always providing. Um, we, we needed some wood for this project and, and uh, trees are hard to get because everyone has land and um, the, each tree is owned by different people and they have to approach us. I can't just go and ask if I can cut your tree down. It would be kind of a shame. It would be, a, in their culture, it would be a slap in their face. So the, the chief came to me and he said, hey, listen, I want you to know that I have two trees for you. And so I said, where are they? And he said, 
They're, they're right up here on the hill. I want to take you up there. So we went up there and looked at them. They were two huge mahogany trees. And he said, I need to move these because we're going to be planting some crops in this area. And he said, these trees are in the way. He said, you can have all the wood for the church. And so we cut those trees down. We packed them up. And in the video, you saw that big stack of mahogany tree, uh, mahogany wood that we made for the rafters on the church. God provided what we needed. God knows what we need. I don't know where you are in your life, but um, He knows exactly what you need. If you have a spiritual need, He can meet it. If you, have a, if you have a physical need, God can meet that as well. And if you have a financial need, He knows that too. God's provision on the field, we've seen Him work. We've seen His hand at work in our lives. The third area that I've seen Him and His works is um, His presence. God's presence. He says, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'm going to be with you. I'm not just sending you out there alone. When we went out on the field as new missionaries, I brought my family and all our kids. We were, we were afraid, to be honest with you. We had many things happen right at the beginning, and we were, we were saying, Lord, I hope, I hope everything's going to be okay. Are you still here? And God says, I'm with you. My presence is with you. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest in Exodus 33.14. Just two years ago, Diane went through some major medical um, problems in her life and serious physical trials, needed surgery, needed to come back to the States. And um, she left for the States in January and was gone for about three months. And during that time, I know you were praying. And we sensed God's presence as she went through this great trial in her life. And um, we watched God work out every single detail and allow Diane's full recovery. Um, we met all our financial obligations due to travel and hospital bills. But these days, these were the days that I could almost hear the audible voice of God saying that he was with me and everything was going to be okay. The Lord is with each one of us in our lives and his presence is there. When, we, when we're far away um, from what we would consider home. God is there with us, and we have his confidence because he's with us. And the last area that I want to share with you is God's protection. Proverbs 21.31 says, The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. We've had many times where we've looked and said, Lord, please protect us from this. We've uh, um, spent a lot of time on the ocean, so... If you've ever been on the ocean, there's dangerous waves, there's currents, um, there's stormy weather. And um, a few times on the ocean, we've been caught in, in situations where we cry out to the Lord and He hurt us and delivered us. God's protection on the field is needed for every one of His servants that are serving in a new place, in a foreign place. Sometimes the, the, um, the things they're doing are dangerous. We're cutting down trees that are very dangerous. Let me tell you this story. I was cutting down a big tree, and um, it, it had a, a big trunk and then three big sections coming out of that trunk. And one of those sections was leaning at a very steep angle. So I notched it really good, and I went around to the front side of it and began to cut it. I got about a third of the way in, and the tree started to spar. And if you've ever seen a tree spar, it's kind of scary, and it was, cutting, it was breaking going up, and it grabbed my chainsaw. And this is a pretty big Husqvarna. 
and it started pulling on it and started pulling me out. So I had to let go of the chainsaw. And the tree fell, snapped, fell down, and the, the chainsaw came back, flipping up end over end, and went whizzing right past my face. And I heard the, just the sound of that thing going past, and then it landed on the ground, still running, and totally unharmed, but um, close enough to me to say, okay, Lord, you've protected me from that. My guardian angel was working overtime, for sure. God's protection. You've each had experiences where you said, wow, Lord, you've protected me. And it builds our faith. It increases our, our, our faith in the Lord and what He can do. God protected James and his family during this super typhoon named Mazak. And the storm was, it was barreling down on this little island that's only two miles wide. If there was a tidal wave, it would wash away those people. They wouldn't have a chance um, in, if there was a tidal wave. But it was only high winds, some over 200 mile an hour gusts that were just extremely um, dangerous. And James and his family and many others packed in a little, in a little um, cement building that the Coast Guard had built. And they, they were standing room only. There were 80 people per building. And all night they waited for the storm to pass. And uh, so that storm came in on a Sunday. And on Monday I called and no answer on the phone. So I went to PMA and the Pacific Missionary Aviation was going to fly over there. So I asked if I could go on, go on uh, just sit in, uh, on the plane and go with them. And I did. Came to the island. I didn't know what to expect. Looked down, all the coconut trees were broken down. The houses were all upside down. And there were people standing on the runway. As we landed, James came running up, and I said, praise the Lord, you're okay. And him and his family were there, safe and sound. God protected them. Life is fragile. We cannot guarantee safety. But the Bible says we trust in the Lord. Um, We've been on the field for... Um, over 10 years, and all that time, God has been faithful, and he's protected us. So what does a missionary do? He takes the gifts that God has given him, and he uses them on the field to reach people for Christ. And let me just put in a plug for missions. If you're thinking about being a missionary, it's not a boring life. It's an adventure. And God will use anything that you have, and he'll take it to the field, and he'll make it exciting for you. He's looking for people that are willing to go. I think back and I, I, I think of the, the guys that are going to their islands and reaching their, their families and other people on those islands for the Lord. And I think to myself, what if they hadn't gone to those islands? When we were at the Feist Baptist Church for their opening service, seeing those 80-some people there and thinking, wow, God wants to use people He's looking for people. You say, well, I'm too old. Well, this guy came to Yap when he was 55 years old, and he stayed uh, uh, 45 years old, and he stayed 10 years, and he did a great thing for the Lord over there. It doesn't matter where you are in life. God wants to use you if you're called to that. And not everyone's called to missions, but he is looking for people specifically. And if you're not called to a foreign field, he wants to use you right here in Flushing to reach those people around you for himself. God is a rewarding God. He gives you back the desires of your heart if you'll surrender everything to him. 
I'm thankful for my wife and for her ministry with the, with the locals as well. She um, heads up the children's ministry. And the children's ministry, those kids that we had that were young when we first, when we first got there are now the children that have grown up to be young adults and they're at Harvest Baptist Bible College training for the ministry. Right now we have 11 in the college there. And two of those guys that are going to be coming back have recently told me they want to start a church um, either on Yap or on another island around. Um, there's, a, there's a young guy who's there right now. His name is Stephen. He said, Pastor Mark, I want to start a Baptist church in the south part of the island. Well, originally that's where we felt God, God was calling us to. Um, so now we have a local guy. If the Lord uses this man, if everything, um, if he stays true to the Lord and he goes down there, we're going to be able to plant a church in this, next, um, in this next term. Would you commit to pray with us about that? We've also got another guy who wants to go to an island called Woolleyai. And this, other, this island um, does not have a gospel um, witness, and we, want, we, want, we would love to see that take place as well. So Diane heads up the children's ministry. She also has a speech class for teens and teaches them speech. And she heads up VBS, and she has a women's ministry um, with, with um, the wives and tries to teach them how to start little godly homes and how to be the, the Christian women that God wants them to be. She's um, been doing that um, ever since we went. I'm so thankful for God who gave me a, a great wife and my children as well who serve the Lord in, in their own ways. Um, but we're in this next term, when we go back, we're planning to, um, the, first, the first project we're going to be working on is a church uh, building project. We need to expand our church. We've kind of run out of room there. And, and right now, um, our, every Sunday, we have our, our church completely packed. And we want to extend the, the wall out on the church about 15 feet and the whole length of the building. It's a pretty intensive project. We're going to take the roof off, and um, then we're going to move the hip, the, the, take the hips out and move the, the rafter straight to the center of the building. And so we also ask for prayer about that for the finances with that. It's going to cost about $50,000, and we know that God's going to provide everything we need for that project. I hope you get a glimpse of missions today and the idea that God wants to use people, ordinary people, to accomplish his purpose. He said, go out and teach, baptize, and help people to understand who I am. Why is that important? It's important because without Christ, we are all helpless. We're on our way to spend eternity separated from God. And he wants to use us. He wants to use you right here where you are. Hope this was an encouragement to you.